Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, back recording live from our Podstream studios here in Times Square. Imagine having the ability to put together historic legislation that would be revered for decades to come, as was the New Deal. Imagine being able to shape the future of this country, protecting us from climate change, protecting us, protecting families from a shifting economy so that they're able to care for their children that, you know, people in Texas want to force you to have. Imagine having the power to do that and then just deciding, you know what? Nah, I'm good. That's what it must be like to be Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema, the two most disgustingly selfish pieces of shit on the planet right now. The other day, 11th Films, and I talked about this, put out a video to tell us exactly how much money the Manchin family was making. Cinema is over in Europe, you know, collecting her checks, not from her constituents, right? But collecting them from overseas filling up their packs, filling up their coffers. They don't give a fuck. How is it that we have a government that is supposed to be for and by the people of these United States that can be obstructed by two senators that represent not even a quarter of the population fucking combined? How is it that these two people that maybe represent a handful of millions of people between their two goddamn states get to hold the rest of us hostage? You know, there was a video recently on CNN that one of the Woke AF listeners sent me. I appreciate you. Sent me the video, and it was a CNN um, segment on how West Virginia is being hit by thousand-year floods. Often, right? How part of the state is either underwater and the other half is in drought. So bad that over the past year, The governor of the state has had to declare a state of emergency. 
You declare a state of emergency so that you can get federal funds into your state in order to help with the cleanup. How often do you think that we're going to be able to tap on fucking FEMA's door before all of that money dries up? Because instead of safeguarding these communities like Joe Manchin has the opportunity to do against these, you know, thousand year floods, he's decided that he's going to block the climate change part of the infrastructure bill that would help his own goddamn state. And what was worse is that when these motherfuckers were interviewed on CNN and they were asked by the reporter, so, you know, what do you think about climate change and the climate change legislation that is right now being stalled because of your senator? I think that climate change is a bunch of hoopla and I don't want to play into it says this stupid, stupid man who has been living in a trailer with himself, his wife, his two kids, and three dogs because he's still rebuilding his fucking home from the thousand-year-old flood that took it out. Yeah, but here's the thing. Let's not play into reality. Let's not play into the fact that insurance companies are not going to cover right? Your rebuild. Let's not play into the fact that, oh yeah, big coal that you think is supporting your livelihood is actually going to cost you your life. How can you have a livelihood if your house is under fucking water and you can't get to work because the bridges have been washed away? That's what they were talking about in the segment. Since that thousand year flood, In this one particular town, they still don't have a grocery store. They still don't have an elementary school. And I believe that they don't have a courthouse either because they've been wiped away and they have yet to be rebuilt. Joe Manchin has been in control of that state for the last 40 goddamn years. And they are fucking ringing in dead last in most societal metrics. And then you have these people so fucking brainwashed right by the right wing as they're standing in water up to their fucking waist talking about, oh, I'm not going to play into climate change. Are you dumb? And this is what I realize is that it doesn't matter whether it's Democrats or Republicans, right? That they don't care about their constituents. They really don't. They care about money. They care about themselves. They care about, you know, what does Joe, what, what what Joe Manchin give a fuck about a thousand-year-old, a thousand-year flood that's coming when that motherfucker is sitting real nice and high on his $700,000 yacht, right? How do you justify having close to a million-dollar yacht when the combined average income of the people that live in your fucking state does, it hovers around 30000 but you guys keep voting for him. And then talking about like how your life is better. I'm just so confused. I really am. And you know, I spent a God awful amount of time watching the news the other day. And I got to tell you that, you know, I I turn it off after like a couple of hours and I'm wondering why my mood is such shit. I'm wondering why, like, I feel so anxious. And it's because nothing is being done. The news highlights every single problem that we're facing right now. And nothing is being taken care of. Not one goddamn thing. So people were to ask me, you know, 
what do you think, what, what kind of grade would you give Joe Biden right now? Which by the way, he has a 50% disapproval rating. He has his worst rating since he entered into office in January this month. And do you know why? Because we actually thought that we were voting historically for change, not for mediocrity, not for a bunch of bullshit executive orders that can be turned over with the next, with the next president that comes in, as we saw with Barack Obama. We've seen what exactly, what has the Biden Harris administration done over the last 10 months? Have they locked up the members of Congress that were behind the insurrection? Have they locked up anybody? That was behind the insurrection, the attempted coup to overthrow our government. Have they put together a voting rights bill that would pass and push back against all of the 300 plus voter suppression laws that have gone out? Have they offered up anything to help women's women's rights, right? To ensure that Roe v. Wade remains. No, they haven't, right? You have the Justice Department right now. That is saying that what is happening in Texas, the Texas bill is unconstitutional. They're asking for a stay by the Supreme Court. But guess what? We got a six to three court. So that's null and void. You tell me how many justices, how many federal justices has fucking Biden put out in the last 10 months? Right? Anything? Anything come into mind? That any justices, have there been 100 that have been appointed? Have there been 50? Have there been 25? No. I think that maybe, maybe we have 5 to 10. I am just sick to death of being told there is nothing that we can do, knowing that we are about to lose the House and the Senate in a year. And then what? Then we will lose the White House, and we will be right back to where we were in the Trump era. And it'll be worse. Because they are emboldened and empowered and we will have nothing, no recourse, no nothing. And I continue to tell people, you better fucking enjoy your life right now. You better enjoy each and every moment because what is on the horizon is going to be worse than your worst nightmare. It is going to be worse than what we experienced during the Trump era. Because you know what Republicans know? They are fucking winning. They are winning across the board. Their white evangelical Christian white supremacy fucking scheme over the last 30, 40 years is now coming to fruition. And let me tell you something, what Dr. Jonathan Metzl said earlier this week, that when a hundred year old law is going to be overturned by the Supreme Court, trust and believe that every single fucking right that you think that you've had and you think is just in stone, including, you know, the end of slavery, Brown versus the Board of Education, right? All of these things that you think are like sewed up and oh, they'll never come for that. Fucking wake up. They are marching right towards it. First, they come for women's rights, right? And you think that it's going to stop at abortion. No, no, no. They are going to come for birth control. They are going to come for IVF. They're going to come for surrogacy. They're going to come for every way that they can manipulate and own a woman's body, which then will own a woman's future in this country. We love to parade ourselves around the world to talk about women's rights and what women need. And we don't do dick to protect women at home. 
So again, I ask, what is the Biden administration doing about that? What is the Biden administration doing about the fact that we need a voting rights bill to pass and we need the fucking filibuster to be deaded? And you have two fucking Democrats right now who the media continues to call moderates when that's not what the fuck they are. They are obstructionists. They might as well be arsonists to our democracy because it is going up in smoke because of them. We had a $3.5 trillion robust bill that was going to be life-changing, generation-changing for this country. It is being whittled down as I fucking speak. Because, you know, Joe Manchin doesn't like certain things. I didn't get to vote for Joe Manchin. So why the fuck does he get to be the one that is making decisions for the rest of us? That's the question that we should all be asking. You didn't get to vote for Joe Manchin. You voted for Joe Biden. But Joe Biden isn't the one that's acting like the president of the fucking United States right now, is he? Looks like to me that it's Joe Manchin and fucking Kirsten Sinema as president and vice president. And the people did not vote for them. I am sick to death of the inaction. I'm sick to death of the ineptness. I'm sick to death of being told, well, everyone's hands are tied because when Republicans have power, their hands are never tied. And what Glenn Kirshner told us last week is like, they will work inside and outside of the law. They don't give a fuck. And you know why they don't give a fuck? Because Democrats never hold their feet to the fire because they're not afraid of Democrats. There is no fear there because they know they won't do shit. Steve Bannon was just voted nine to zero to be held in criminal content. This is going to be a long drawn out bullshit thing. You tell me why we can't have federal agents knocking down that motherfucker's door and dragging him out, knowing that he was part of a conspiracy to overthrow the fucking government. If he were a brown man, if he were a Muslim man, you think that Steve Bannon would be fucking walking around these United States open and free? Or you think that he would be in somebody's fucking federal prison awaiting a fucking trial? I would love for us to have the same goddamn standards that have been put in place to put black and brown and poor people in their place to put the wealthy, white, and privileged in their fucking place. But alas, we do not. I'm telling you, this country, this administration is an entire fucking disappointment. So if you find yourself most days just being like, you know what, I want to stop caring. I feel you. I am you and you are me because the rage is just, it it doesn't go anywhere. I, I can't figure out a vessel to put it in. I feel like most days I am screaming out into the void because I'm looking around at the people who are in power, who have open ears and open eyes and yet are pretending like we're not under attack, like that we are not at war with authoritarian fascists right now. Wake the fuck up. (sighs) Woosah, woosah. Friends, coming up next is my conversation 
with Nadia Okamoto. She is the host of a new show called Tigress. And we will get into a really great conversation on reproductive rights, on periods, on menstrual cycles. That is coming up next. Folks, I am so excited to not only welcome onto Woke AF, but into the DCP Entertainment family, Nadia Okamoto, host of the new show, Tigress. I am really excited to talk to you because your background, the work that you have already done is so interesting. You're the co-founder of August, which is a lifestyle period brand working to reimagine periods. Talk to me about that, being as how right now we're kind of devolving into the handmaid's tale where we are, you know, setting up a situ- a scenario in which it is becoming completely normalized and okay to go back to policing women's bodies yeah. and policing women's reproduction. We barely have normal commercials about periods on television when we're selling tampons, right? Yeah. So talk to me about what it means to reimagine um the period. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really interesting that you bring up The Handmaid's Tale, which, by the way, is a show I could not watch because it made me so angry because (laughs) it is terrifyingly realistic in some ways, right? Um, But, you know, I think, you know, kind of building off of that, a huge part of my mission with August branding and reimagining period care is to say, this is a part of our biological process that makes human life possible and needs to be treated as the magical, powerful thing that it is, right? That means being very upfront about period blood. I post multiple videos of period blood on TikTok a day of my own period blood and showing how the products actually work and being open about period pain so people aren't having to suffer Mm -hmm. in silence. Um, Talking about the inequalities around access to period care, which I believe should be completely subsidized and supported for free. Um, And I think also when we talk about reimagining periods similar to The Handmaid's Tale, which equates women to having a sole purpose and utility of bearing children, I think that's been a lot of the conversation around periods, right? When you're taught as a young person what a period is, you're taught that is when you can now bear children, right? When menopause is when you cannot bear children anymore, right? And how we know what it means when you do or do not get your period is whether you're pregnant or not, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of what we wanted to do was throughout history, when you look at period ads, it's, you know, buy our products so that you can hide your period, you can forget about it, and you can attract the date, right? How many period ads have we seen throughout history where it's like, oh, once she puts the tampon in, her date picks her up and they have like a great date and she's wearing a white dress, right? Yep. And I think that a (laughs) lot of what we're trying to say is like, Yes, your period is linked to fertility by de fact. That does not mean having a period is preparing us for motherhood. And it's not means that having a period is defining our utility as someone who can produce, right? And really just saying my period is my period and just something I'm going to take care of for my body. You know, it's so funny because I can think, you know, I have such vivid memories of when I first got my period because I was very young. I was 10 years old, right? And so I remember being 10, and I was foolishly excited about it (laughs) because I thought it meant that I was like becoming a woman, right? Because this is, this is what you were told. And, you know, but I remember during that time, you know, my mother is a nurse by trade. So we had like real conversations about your period, about your body, about why you were going to feel uncomfortable if you were bloating, what, you know, what was actually happening, that it wasn't something to just ignore, right? Um, That it was like a part of your body. I think what's really interesting is that since, you know, many, many, many thousands of moons ago um, that I got my first period, that we haven't 
evolved in the conversations that we have about it, mm-hmm. right? Like I still go into an OBGYN and I'm still learning new things. And I'm saying, where's the research? We yeah. are more than half of the population in the United States. And I'm so confused about why we don't have like real conversations about what's going on with the body, about how it equates, you know, with the moons, with the ocean, with water, with all of these facets of, you know, our lives. And we just don't talk about it. And I can remember even an episode and this will, you know, not age well because of who Bill Cosby is now, but, um, on the Cosby show, when the young character Rudy got her period, it was a big deal. It was a yeah. purposeful episode about womanhood and about, you know, uh, power and, 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 you know, and fertility and all of these different things. And I remember, cause I was around her age, it being something that was celebrated. What do you think needs to happen? Right? Because even I, I just, I can't imagine what young girls and boys should be learning now in school when they're taking health classes and sex ed and whatever it is that they're doing. I don't ever remember learning about how my body changes, what, like what is to be expected. It was just like, here's a banana. This is how you put on a condom, you know, go on your way. Yeah. I mean, And one thing I really want to point out, too, is I think part of our mission of reimagining periods is to actually not equate it with womanhood, right? Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I also, when I got my first period, my mom celebrated and said, you're a woman, right? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I understood, like, having boobs and getting a period was. Like, now I'm a woman, right? And I think that a lot of our mission with August is to create, like, a truly gender-inclusive brand because Mm. not everyone who gets a period is is a woman. Identifies as a woman. Yeah. Some might be transgender or non-binary. And I think really making that distinction between gender as a social construct and sex is, is very necessary. I also think that when you look at the discrimination around periods, right, whether it be um, you know, in other countries, girls not being able to go to school when they're on their period. Right. right. And it's like, because when you get your period, you get married off and have kids. Right. When you get your period is when female genital mutilation happens because now you're a woman that needs to be censored. Right. So I think that even in, when we have these, you know, quote unquote, positive examples of periods in mainstream media, in the very small instances where it happens, it's done so in a way where it's getting your period equals being a woman, right? Biologically, that's saying, being a woman, being grown means that I can have children, right? And so I think that a lot of what we're trying to do, even with the language that we use, right? We don't say feminine care because feminine is an incorrect term. It's not only exclusive. Feminine is about gender expression, not gender identity, nor does it have to do with biological sex in your organs, right? So I think that there's so, just so much there. Um, You know, I think a lot of it, what was your question again? (laughs) (laughs) Everything that you were saying was good. And I'm like, I don't even remember. Oh, oh, Uh, around sex ed. Okay. Yes. yes. So I think that, you know, I think we, the fact that we even have sex ed in some schools is still like, like, unfortunately, like that is still a big deal, right? In most schools, sex ed does not happen full stop period, right? When we used to do educational initiatives around trying to go on the nonprofit I worked on, when we would try to go to schools to talk about periods, we could not do it in public schools because it was considered such an inappropriate topic we needed to get permission slips from parents about, right? Like this is a topic that is not considered appropriate, right? I mean- So menstruation as a whole, you would have needed to get a permission slip to have a conversation about something 
Okay. In most schools that we went to, yeah, like that was the case. And it was such a barrier that we could not have those conversations, right? In the chance, like for me, I learned sex ed, it was one afternoon, right? And the girls yes. went into one classroom, the and boys the, went to other, yep. right? So also setting up gender binary. But then you talk about the basics, right? This is what a tampon is. This is what a pad is. Blood will come out like once a month. And it just means you're not pregnant, right? And here's a tampon. Here's a pad. You might have cramps, right? We don't learn about what color period blood is. The fact that like it's coming out of the vagina, which is not the external part. It's actually the canal, right? And like knowing the language. But also I think that where it's so important that we get comfortable talking about periods is when we talk about periods in mainstream media, it's referred to as like just when blood comes out, right? Mm -hmm. And I think the reason mm -hmm. why I don't say August is a period product company, I say we're a lifestyle period brand because there's a difference between period and a menstrual cycle, right? A period yes. is when blood is coming out. Yep. The menstrual cycle is the 24-7 happening all the time cycle, right? And getting your period is not just the blood, it's the period pain, right? And cramps aren't all the time just cramps. It's also uterine fibroids, endometriosis, so many other conditions that are completely underdiagnosed that are such intersectional issues that we don't talk about because we don't talk about periods, right? So even when we talk about period cramps, if we do not educate young menstruators about period pain, they will, they are conditioned to even gaslight themselves for the very real pain that they're experiencing, right? If we don't teach non-menstruators, like young cis boys to talk about periods, we will continue the stigma where people are afraid of being ridiculed for advocating for their own health, right? And that not only has repercussions on someone's individual period experience, that expands to period poverty when you're looking at whole communities, right? And when you look at period pain, I think, which is a very, very concrete example, like black women are three times as likely to have uterine fibroids. Yep. There hasn't been, you know, understanding around it. And because of the racism in our healthcare system, they are three to four times as likely to be recommended and to have hysterectomies, mm -hmm. which in a way is kind of like by perpetuating it, it's like forced sterilization, which we've yep. seen throughout history. Yeah, we've made progress in terms of what this situation used to be. But still, that's happening today. Like, those numbers are still there today. And I think that a lot of it is we can't talk about that issue if we don't talk about periods in the first place. And if we don't teach people and create a culture where when you have period pain, you go to the doctor and you're not just saying, oh, that's just cramps. But it's like you're really taught to be in touch with your body and talking about it and advocating for it. You know, the funny thing, too, is that we're, we're actually taught the opposite, mm -hmm. right? Not to talk about it. Don't mention it. You know, you brought up hysterectomies. My late grandmother, uh, after birthing five children, had a hysterectomy. In later, when I was older, I believe that I asked my mother why the doctor had recommended she have a hysterectomy. This was at a time when they were giving out hysterectomies the way that they were taking tonsils out mm -hmm. and thinking that there weren't any repercussions to that. It's like, oh, it's just removed and then you'll be fine. No, you've created an entire imbalance now in the body that can push people into early menopause, push, push women into um, really manic depression because you're altering hormones when that happens. But again, that none of that was part of the education process. And I realized too that it was because we don't teach medical school students still about like the details around, uh, around, the, around a woman's body, just mm -hmm. like in general. And I say woman because in... There are very few doctors right now, like very few places where you can go and have this conversation 
and people not and ha, what do you mean when you say that there are people who are not women yeah. who are who have periods that makes no sense yeah how do you teach people or how can people learn to unpack and distill those very distinct things down when we have all been programmed into into thinking that way because i just i just recently and i'm queer and i just recently started when i was talking about um the reproductive uh justice issues and problems and the hell that abbott has released on texas and the country have been talking about people who um can give birth yeah right um people with uterus like i have been and that is a new thing to be changing the language to be more inclusive and expansive but how do you teach people how to unpack yeah. those things that they've been pre-programmed to understand i mean so this is actually like something that i've worked on originally from the you know several years ago i was chief brand officer at a gen z marketing agency and we worked with a lot of large corporations on how to create like workforces for the next generation and pronouns was a huge part of it and i think that pronouns were and still are like one of the hardest things to teach people of a different generation where they've spent decades thinking boy or girl right boy or girl boy or girl like when you meet someone and i think that it actually has to do with going all the way back and thinking like asking them like what does it actually mean to be a man like what is masculinity and separating gender expression to gender identity to biological sex, right? And I think that really understanding that is how you're able to be like, okay, but don't you don't we understand that even if I have a penis, that doesn't mean I'm a masculine macho identify as a guy, right? That can mean I express myself in different ways. That can mean I identify in different ways. And what does it mean to be like these are the questions we ask, right? When you when you draw a man on a piece of paper, why is it that people in when we run these workshops why do most people draw a tie right when you draw draw a woman why is it that you often dry, draw a necklace or boobs or you know long hair right but we know mm -hmm. women who have short mm -hmm. hair does that make them less of a woman right so like i think a lot of unpacking this is actually kind of going to that going to the very basics which is like okay well where does that education needs to start like elementary school right in the in the household right so i think a lot of it does have to happen in the schools but I think what's really interesting is like the language piece is something I think about a lot because when we work internationally, if we talk about menstruators and we don't use gendered terms, we get nothing done, right? Like, and it's something that I really struggle with, um, especially I used to travel internationally pre-pandemic and doing a lot of this advocacy. And I'd walk into rooms actually once I was in South Africa and I was like talking about people with periods and menstruators. And they were so upset, like the people I was meeting with, so upset and so angry that I could even think that, that they completely like discredited the fact that we should even have that conversation, right? And so wow. I think that a lot of- Wait, wait, before you move, because I wanna understand, what was it that was upsetting them? The the feeling that- Trans identity oh, in general. Anything, anything, anything in general, yeah, okay. Right, and okay. so I think that a lot of it is, you know, the U.S. also, the U.S. is still fucked up and we have so much work to do, but in comparison to a lot of other communities around the world, the fact that we can sit here on a podcast that is like a mainstream podcast talking about trans identity and like, that's why I think I have a responsibility as a cis, yes, queer person of color to like come up and like talk about this. But I also think that what I've not, what I've, what I've seen is when working internationally or in communities where mm -hmm. even bringing that up is so angering that it actually discounts for even having a And it's just like, the, the, and then the question that I, and I'm not a therapist, yeah. but the question that I would ask is like, where is your anger coming from? Yeah.
As always, dear friends, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.